of talking about look what God has done and trying to remember and thanking the Lord and knowing that uh, if there was ever a time that we have to continue to be thankful, I know Thanksgiving is coming up in November and I realize <coughs> that their Thanksgiving is unique to America that it's a, a celebration of being thankful to the Lord. And yet, I think sometimes, and that's one of the reasons why on Sunday we tried to look at a few slides to remember in the last 17 and a half, 18 years, to look what God has done. Look at the blessings of God, staying in the love of God, remembering the love of God. and. Unfortunately, or fortunately, or however you want to put it, one of the things that is a, a hallmark or a, a red flag or a, a red light of this hour that we're living in, and most of you probably know what I'm talking about, and that is that many shall be offended. Uh, I know, uh, I, I don't remember Thursday, Friday, I think maybe it was uh, Thursday, I, I can't remember. Thursday or Friday, I, my in-laws were here and we headed up, uh, my wife took them uh, earlier and they went up into Amish country and they were gonna look around at a few shops and I had my mom and dad and at, we planned, uh, we were gonna meet them and eat up there. And um, we were gonna eat and um, uh, <clears throat> meet them and eat supper. Uh, we, uh, we didn't stay late enough uh, to get the prime rib at Boyd and Wortham, but we ate at Boyd and Wortham on Friday. You know, they served prime rib there, Boyd, this little restaurant in Berlin. But we, went, we did eat there, that's where we met to eat. And so we were coming home in two cars and she had her folks, maybe it was Friday, in her car and I had my folks in my car and we were coming back and uh, came through Coshocton and the two lane road from there. And we got caught behind a truck who was behind a car and that car was just gonna do about 50 miles an hour. And, and then would go and you know, whenever there would be a chance, well, maybe would speed up to 55 and then would slow down. And I wasn't right behind him. I was, there was a vehicle in front of us and then the vehicle. So I didn't ride him close. I didn't ride the truck. I, I knew I couldn't pass both up vehicles. So I was just like, okay, I, I followed in. And my wife followed in and it was all, okay and and we drove the whole two-lane road and when we got right to where it started off on four lane well lo and behold uh the truck that was in front of me took off toward uh zanesville and so that was right there the four lane opened up and so i didn't do anything i just got in the fast lane the left-hand lane and started to go around and and the more I started, the more he sped up and of course the speed limit goes up there to 70 and so I just went ahead and passed him and I noticed in my rear view mirror my wife coming and he didn't want to let her in. So it wasn't me that got the problem driving this time. And I, Anyway, so I went faster so she would have plenty of room to get in because he was like, I'm not gonna let her get in behind you. And I was like, well, whatever. So, and then I think he might've made a few gestures at their vehicle. Didn't do anything to me, but whatever. And I, easy to get offended in this hour. I mean, nobody had, crowded him, it was four lane, nobody was forcing him all over, nobody. 
said or did anything that I know of. Now, I'm not sure. Maybe Brother Tackett looked at him. But, you know, you got to just... His look sometimes, you know. Sometimes people, it's just the way they look. You can't... I don't know. Maybe it was my wife that just looked. Maybe Sister Tackett looked. I don't know. Cross-eyed. I don't know what happened. But when you have wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes... Haiti, all the stuff going on, the wars, the rumors of wars, all the stuff. Another one of those signs is many shall be offended, shall betray one another and hate one another. Anybody felt any of that? And because iniquity shall abound or iniquity, sin shall increase, what's going to happen? The love of many shall wax cold. But he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. And I mean, and I had this slide Sunday night to say, and I, we stopped before I got to it. But if we've ever lived in an hour where bitterness and anger and frustration and fear and anxiety and hurt, and you hurt my feeling, you cross my line, I'm going to let you have it. Are we there? They tell me that I don't remember what the percentage of increase of trouble on airlines. And it's all airlines. Whether it's Delta or United or Southwest or American. And, you know, people going nuts. And getting angry and frustrated and and it's, I'm at a boiling point. I'm at a tipping point. And I'm going to let you know that that's where I am. And I, I want you to understand. And it's the keeping, staying in the love of God has been a challenge. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Biting your tongue. Being kind. Being sweet. Oh, you say, well, it's, I'm, I'm good. I can do it. Well, the writers of the New Testament talked about it. They said, Paul to the Thessalonians said it like this. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteous in them that perish. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now I know that is not capital T, T-R-U-T-H, as if the truth of baptism in Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost most of us are believe the truth, the truth that the Lord died for us and all of that. But the, the big truth that we don't want to receive is that, oh, maybe I need to not be so easily offended. And yet, here we are. We get that way. And Jesus himself said, uh, in... Uh, sorry, in Matthew the 18th chapter, woe unto the world because of offenses, for if it need, must needs be that offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. It's pretty heavy duty. Woe to the one that offends. In fact, in that same discussion, he said, it'd be better if you would put a big stone around your neck and jump into the ocean. So, and so how do you live your life without offending anybody? All of you who've never offended anybody, you are dismissed tonight. <laughs> Just what I thought. I'm here too. Have you ever offended? Yeah, you and woe to you that offend. Oh man. And, and do we offend? Sure. And it's a struggle not to be offensive. 
fact, Paul talked about it in Romans. It's not good to eat flesh or drink wine or anything that will cause my brother to stumble or is offended or is made weak. And do you know what people stumble over? It's not boulders. Nobody's ever stumbled over a boulder. Nobody ever stumbles over a building. Nobody ever, it's, it's some little thing. Huh? And you stop and think about it, it's a little stone, it's a little pebble, it's something that gets in your shoe, something that makes me have an uneasy gait. That's how you stumble. It's hitting that little patch of ice. Huh? All of a sudden, I mean, you know, you say, well, <clears throat> I, it was a little thing. And when you stop and think about it, it's usually those little things. I know another verse that says there's a little foxes that spoil the vine. And so how do you keep from being offended and how do you keep from being offensive? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that you have to stay clean of it. You have to worship, love one another, pray for one another, forgive one another. Because why? Because I need to stay in the love of God. And as soon as I don't stay in the love of God, I get bitter and a root of bitterness grows and it will defile me. In fact, in the New Testament, it said it can defile many people. Why? Because I'm, I, I'm offended, I am, I am hurt, my feelings are hurt, and you know what? I can't keep it to myself. I gotta tell somebody. Well, do you know what they said? Do you know what they did? Huh? And before long? And if what we believe in the Word, in Thessalonians, that when the wicked one is revealed, the love of the truth, <clears throat> what is the truth? The Lord called me to worship him. I need to praise him. I need to be like him. I need to be his representative. That's the truth. I'm supposed to be Jesus on the earth. That's the truth. The truth of the matter is I'm supposed to serve him. I'm not serving him, her, their, oh, well, you've hurt my feelings. Let me tell you something. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. Was he offended? <laughs> and, and I understand it's easy when things don't go the way you thought they were going to go. And, and the Bible is full of examples of that. And I, I tried to stay in the New Testament because you can go in the Old Testament. And I, but, you know, the famous one is John the Baptist, the guy that fell down, said, I'm not worthy to unbuckle your shoes. This is the Messiah. I'm the pre-runner, the precursor to that. I'm the forerunner. I'm the guy that's going to welcome in the Messiah. I'm the forerunner. I'm not... I, I'm not worthy to be even baptized. You're not worthy to get in the water with you. Was there, obeyed, baptized Jesus, heard the voice, saw the dove. And yet, when John gets thrown in jail, and when it looks like John's going to be beheaded, and this is not working the way I thought it would, what did John do? He called two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus and said, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? And when the men came unto Jesus, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us to thee, saying, Art thou he that should come or should we look for another? And in that same hour, Jesus starts curing infirmities and plagues and evil spirits and giving sight to the blind. Man, that's like a slap in the face. Think about it. Lord, are you going to 
get me out of jail or not? And the Lord starts healing people all around you. Well, how come she got healed and how come he got healed and how come they got healed and how come this one got healed? And I'm still in jail. I don't even need to be healed, but he ought to at least let me out. Huh? You see how offended John could become? And the Lord starts doing all these miracles. Opening blinded eyes. Hey, let me tell you something. If somebody can open the blinded eyes, he can get you out of jail. You know. And so Jesus said to them, Go your way and tell John all these things that I've done. How you've seen and heard. How the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. Leprosy is cleansed. Deaf hear, dead raised to the poor the gospel is preached. And now Jesus makes it even a little more personal by saying, go tell John about all the miracles I'm doing. And isn't that just the way the devil likes? Look, look at all the miracles everybody else is getting and everybody else is doing and everybody else and all these other things. Huh? <laughs> I'm in jail. <laughs> Stay in the love of God. Don't forget, I love you. You got to keep reminding yourself sometime. Lord, you still love me. I haven't had my miracle yet, but you still are good. I still feel good. I still, I'm... Why? Because he's still God and I'm not God. Whatever his plan is, I'm good with it, Lord. I want you to know I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to thank you anyway. I'm going to worship you anyway. And that next sentence that Jesus says to his disciples is, Blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. Basically, tell John don't be offended. And yet John was going to die. And Jesus basically says, don't be offended. Stay in the love of God. Because you see, that's what this is all about. This hour, the pressure, the stress, the anxiety, the fear is to make you forget how much God loves us. Right. How good God's been to us. Right. <coughs> yeah. I can look at some of the pictures of what's going on now in the middle of Kabul, Afghanistan, and I can say, oh, Lord, help them. I feel great about living in America. Huh? Lord, you're so good to me. You say, well, see what's going on in Haiti and say, Lord, you've been good. You're merciful. Stay in the love of God. But it's easy to get out of the love and 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 of course, what's always amazed me, and I've preached on it before, and I know it's Wednesday night, and you all know the story, but the 24th verse is what throws me because as soon as the messengers of John left, Jesus started talking about John. And he goes for, I don't know, four or five verses talking about how awesome John is, how wonderful John is. How amazing John is. In fact, he kind of wraps it up by saying, among all of those born of woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. Now, I've often wondered, why didn't Jesus throw John a little bone? Why didn't he say, John to the followers of Jesus, uh, to the followers of John. You know, you go tell John that I really love him and that I 
think he is the most awesome guy ever. He's amazing, and I just can't let him out. He's got to decrease, and I just, it was like Jesus couldn't be that real with these followers. Why? I guess on some level he knew John was going to have to go through this and wrestle these feelings down and not get offended and stay in the love of God. And I'll be candid with you. I, I would have been the one to rush in there and say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Tegan has a way of saying, she'll say, I'm so, so sorry. And you wonder, yeah, really? Oh, I'm so, so sorry. And I would have been quick to say, oh, I am so sorry to hear, John, you're going through it, huh? But Jesus knew that was going to be his battle. He was going to have to make up his mind. I did my part. I'm still going to love him. I'm going to praise him. It didn't turn out the way I thought, but you know what? The Lord's been good. He called me. He used me. Praise God. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop in the middle of the jail cell believing. Some of y'all may remember this. Burt Bacharach wrote some lyrics back in the 70s. Don't tell me if you recognize these verses. Something about what the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross. Huh? I'm not going to make you raise your hand if you remember those lyrics. But pretty biblical. What the world needs now is love. And, and unfortunately, this, the whole world is crying out for love. And I don't mean fake, you know, Paul wrote in Corinthians what genuine love is. And he first started off the discussion in the first three verses by telling you what it's not. And then verse 4 through verse 8, the characteristics, and we read them at marriages. And I, I don't want to read them because it's almost depressing because when you read them you go... I don't know if anybody really loves me that much and I don't know of anybody that I love that much and I, you know. And yet that's what real love is all about. It's kind and it's not puffed up, doesn't get haughty, doesn't take offense, it's not easily, huh? And all of us, especially on Wednesday night, that read those verses, we go, ooh, I fall short here and here and here and here. Huh? I, I've missed the mark here and I've missed the mark there and I've missed the mark. And yet, that's what the whole point of all of this pressure is, is trying to get us out of the authentic love. And so what does that tell you? That you're not going to always find it in a spouse. You're not going to always find it in children or in parents or grandparents or grandchildren or whatever word you want to put in there, friends or neighbors. But let me tell you, you can fill up on the love of God every day. When you don't feel love coming from any other source, you can plug into, Lord, I need to feel your love. I need to feel your presence. I need to feel your spirit. I want to embrace your love. And the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. And when someone doesn't even know you exist, Huh? Right? 
I mean, I don't think President Biden loves me. I don't think Donald Trump loves me. They don't even know I exist. Right? It's no feeling. And yet, you know, we can see people that get so angry and so frustrated and so, and I'm thinking, wow, stay in the love of God. Why in this hour? What Paul said to the Philippians was like this. He said, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. Philippians, the first chapter, the ninth through the 11th verses. Your love may get bigger and bigger and bigger in more knowledge and judgment or discernment that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. Are we filled with the fruits of righteousness? Love, joy, and peace and long-suffering and goodness. And when somebody shakes my tree, is that what they get hit with? Hard to stay in the love of God, amen? And yet in this hour, and, and we know what John wrote, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and God knoweth, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And you say, why would you think of all of this when you're talking about, when you look at what God has done, you have to say, God, you loved us. You loved our church. You loved our our." group of believers that you would bless us all these years that we would be able to have what a beautiful uh, the upgrades and all the things that we have oh how much God loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us and if you can't go to the building and you go well that doesn't show me his love then start thinking about what God's done for you called you out of darkness into his marvelous light what he's done how he's delivered Oh, God, you've loved us. At some point, you've got to keep saying, God, how much you love us. How much you love me. Because if you don't stay in that love, before long, you can't be loving to anyone else. That's why Paul wrote in Romans, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We are dead to sin that we live any longer therein. Know ye not that as many were baptized into Jesus, were baptized into his death. We are buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ raised us up from the dead to the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life if we've been planted together with in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should serve, not serve sin. Oh God, the very fact that I don't have to be a slave to addictions. I don't have to be a slave to the spirits. I don't have to be a slave to the attitudes, to the fear, to the frustration. Because one day I went down in the name of Jesus and I was buried into his death and have the newness of life. That ought to be enough that I feel the love of God every day. When you consider people in this hour that are struggling And they're talking about needing mental health and they and I, I understand I'm not against it I, I get it I, I get it people stressed out I gotta have a dog I gotta have a cat I gotta have an animal I just I'm overwhelmed if you have a dog or a cat I'm wonderful God bless you I'm not being critical of it but my point is that's the hour we're living in I mean, and I realize, you know, I, I have to be honest. I was a little bit, I made fun of all those college kids that had to get crayons. 
when the election went for Trump because they were stressed. But that's our society, folks. What are you saying? I'm saying that we... Oh, what a privilege that our old man can be buried in Joshua, the 23rd chapter. It's the end of Joshua. And, and I, you, you read, we started off by talking about the first part of Joshua and I was going to end talking about the end of Joshua. Joshua, the 23rd chapter and the 24th chapter. Joshua stands up and he preaches his last words. He's about 110 years old, I guess. 109, and he preaches a strong message to those uh, children of Israel, and he tells them to be very courageous. In other words, you're going to have to have a change of attitude. And in this hour, you know what? We're going to have to have a change of attitude. Because that's the bait and switch. You know, I realize a lot of things going on that I don't like, but if I'm not careful, it'll get into my attitude. Maybe not yours. Huh? But I sort of live with a burr under the saddle. Things aren't going right. And he goes through about the nations. And then he said, don't bow down to them. Don't swear to them. Then he starts talking about your actions. Don't, don't, you know, not only has your attitude got to be right, but your actions have got to be right. And then he said... <clears throat> know of a certainty take good heed there unto yourself that you and what did, how did he what did he say in this 23rd chapter he said make sure you love the Lord your God the only way you're going to have any chance of keeping your attitude or actions right is to stay full of the love of God Or you're going to feel like, what's the use? I don't need to do it. I, why should I? Everybody else is this way. Everybody else acts like that. Why are you making me do it, Lord? And then he said, if you don't stay in the love of God, the Lord is not going to drive out these nations. And then notice what he says at the end of the 23rd chapter. There are going to be snares and traps. Everybody say snares and traps. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff that the enemy does is to try to snare and trap us, yeah. to bait us. Huh? They shall be scourges in your side. That's whips in your side. And they shall be thorns in your eyes. I mean, thorns are bad enough, but imagine in your eyes. Until you perish off the land. Now you remember what Isaiah said. I read it Sunday. A fear, a pit, a snare, a shaking. Joshua says, the Lord speaks to Joshua and says it's going to be snares and traps. And sure enough, in Judges, the first chapter, when Israel was strong, they put the Canaanites to tribute and they didn't utterly drive them out. And guess what happened? It wasn't long until their sons were marrying a snare and a trap. If the enemy can get us trapped and I... I've talked to different ones. I, Brother Todd Brown, we've talked about be careful. Some of these things that you want to do or people you want to help or be with, they can become a snare and a trap. But I know what I'm talking about. And I know, I realize, you know, he's no longer with us, but Poor old brother Rush could be a snare to people. Huh? I listen to too much of that. I don't listen to the word. I don't stay full of the love of God. And I, 
You know, I, I have seen people that will spend 60 minutes listening to this and 55 minutes listening to this program and an hour listening to this one. And you say, how much did you read your Bible? How much did you thank God? How much did you thank the Lord for how he brought you out of darkness? Well, I didn't do that but five seconds. And I don't understand why I'm so full of junk. This is the hour where the fear, the pit, the snare, the trap. And if you're not careful, you, you fall into that. Israel, the, the very first chapter of Judges, scourges or whips on the sides. And in fact, the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, whip them. The Bible later says, chase them up there. If the devil ever can get you running from him, that's why the Bible would say things like, the roar, he's a roaring lion, but resist steadfast in the faith. Hold on. Don't give in to it. You know where that spirit's wanting to take you. Hey, thank God that you were buried. By death you died. The old man was crucified. I don't have to do the way I used to. I don't have to live like that. I don't have to have that response. Thorns in the eyes. And unfortunately, all of that happened to the children of Israel. This is why in the New Testament, Paul would say things like, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, for the body is one, hath many members, and the members of that one body, being many, or one body, so is Christ. By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Gentile, bond or free, made to drink into one spirit, for the body is not one member, but many members, that there's no schism, schism in the body or division in the body, and that some members have some care for one another, and if one member suffers, all members are suffering, and if one member is honored, then all the members are honored and they rejoice and, and now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Why? Because we realize that in the natural sense the only thing we have going for us is the body of Christ. And our body has to fight Disease and germs. It needs to be cleaned. It has to exercise. It needs nutrition. It needs medicine. And, and, and I realize this is the hour in which we're separated from the body and we're online and we do everything and we're, we're, we're isolated and more and more withdrawn and we get our information from, you know, I watch five different services and I, I'm into ten different things and whenever I get tired I just click it off and I don't worry about it and that's the danger of this hour. That you don't stay connected to the body. Find a church, get a part of it, be involved in it. Why? Because there's strength in the body. And that's why, we, you know, and I, I'm praising all this church been in existence for over 100 years. And I realize there, you know, you every once in a while run into somebody and they'll go, oh, yeah, I know my cousin's brother's nephew's son, dentist, receptionist brother went to that church and they said, and they can give you a whole line of what they said. And they're offended. And you go, I'm so sorry. But, you know, God's still good. Yeah. I'm sure, I am sure I've offended plenty. I'm sure Brother Newstrand's offended plenty. I, we can go back through Brother Dyer's offended plenty. I'm sure of it. And yet, at some point, you've got to decide to stay in the love of God, regardless of what somebody else says or yeah. does. 
was or is. This is about me and my relationship with God because the diseases are trying to attack the body. In fact, even, you know, ask some of these men that have been through it, Brother Bill, a doctor will look at you and go, you need radical surgery. Huh? Oh, Sister Jan Smith sitting there. Doctor says, knuckle of that toe's got to go. We want the rest of your body to be healthy. Why? I thought I was perfect. Not saying the Lord is surgically removing anybody, but what I'm saying is, oh God, keep us in your love as a body. Keep us in your love as a church. Keep us in your love. And you have to make a choice. That's why then Joshua on the 24th chapter, you remember the famous line, choose you this day who you're going to serve. And then he said, basically, you're going to have to stay in the fear of the Lord. You're going to have to serve the Lord. You're going to have to obey His voice. And in this hour, you know, it's a choice. You're going to have to make a choice. And it's a daily choice on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Do I give in to it? Do I respond? Do I get mad? Do I show my frustration? And I know that's one of the reasons why nobody wants to be accountable, but that's what the body is for, to make us all accountable, to help one another. Oh, I'm getting a little frustrated. I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't like what was said. I didn't like the tone. I didn't like the... Ah. Now we take, we have financial accountability. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You have to pay your bills on time. If you don't, guess what? Turn your lights off. Right? Financial accountability. You use so much electricity, you've got to pay for it. You use so much water, you've got to pay for it. You say, well, I don't like it. I want to be able to use what I want and do what I want and have what I want. And... I'm sorry. You can't. You know, and we all know, we're all the adults in here. All the young people are out and all the kids are out. and We've all heard them all say to us, I can't wait till I'm the boss. Huh? I can't wait till I'm the dad, I'm the mom. And you realize responsibility, accountability, whatever word you want to put in it. You know, we used to have academic accountability. If you went to school, you had to pass a certain grade before you get out. Now I, that may all change, you know, we don't want to offend any of the kids anymore, so we'll just give them all a star. Tell them they all did good. Occupational accountability. Get a job, don't show up. Tell them you just don't think you'd like to show up. See how long they pay you. See how long you're employed. Huh? Well, I've decided. And yet, legal accountability, relational accountability, etc. In order to be accountable, you've got to be willing to be. These four, these five things, I guess. Uh, vulnerable, teachable, honest, and available. And I'm just, those four things. I guess you could do a whole lesson on vulnerability and teachability and honest and availability. But you can't be accountable if you're none of those four. Does that make sense? 
And so when someone says, I don't want to be accountable, I don't want, I don't want, any, I don't want a church to depend on me, I don't want anybody else to depend on me, what they're basically saying is, I, I don't want to be where they have to, I have to love them and they have to love me. And then that's, but that's where the strength is. We're many members. I, I, how many times have we prayed for Sister White, for Brother Tracy, for Brother Tim Galoni, for Brother Bill, for, and go through the list. Take the list on Friday morning. Take the list on Tuesday. Go through the list praying, oh God, touch. Sometimes I don't even know the names, who they are. We try to put some descriptors on there. Why? Because I, I Lord, somebody in the, some, one of the members was touched by this and wanted it I don't know them. I, I can't tell you. I've met them. But because I know it impacted somebody else's life. <clears throat> you say, well, this is why, and I know my time, it's 8 o'clock, and I'm preaching to the choir. It's on Wednesday night. But Hebrews starts it out, Paul said, let us offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually. Is that hard to do some days? It's a sacrifice sometimes, isn't it? The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate for get not, for which such sacrifices God is well pleased. And then you know what he immediately goes into? Obey those that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your soul as they must give what? Account. That they may do it with joy and with grief, not with grief, for that is unprofitable. My grandmother used to quote this verse all the time. Good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and evil man out of the tr evil treasure brings forth evil things. This is the part she said would quote. Every idle word that men speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. I never used to know what that what meant. <clears throat> Every idle word that men speak. You look up that in the in the Greek, idle there is every Every lazy word. Idle word. Lazy, idle. Same word whenever they went through the marketplace and saw people standing around idle. Not any of us. You know, you can ask this thing to track how much idle time you've had. It'll shock you. Huh? You say, well, I'm just reading the news. I'm just, I get it. I understand. I'm guilty. I stand convicted. But oh, how many times have I said, Lord, I love you. I want to spend a moment with you, thanking you, telling you how much I love you. I'm feeling the love of God. Every one of us have to give an account to God. That's why Paul would say to Romans, let your love be without dissimulation. Be kindly affectionate. Filled with brotherly love, honor, prefer one another. Don't be slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, instant in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep. Goes on through and he says, Leave, live peaceably with all men. You say... I can't do it. 
That's the big test that we're facing as children of God, as individuals living for God, is can I stay full of the love of God? Can I stay full of the love of God? Because in this is an hour in which I don't know that anybody loves anybody. Huh? You just, you know, you say, well, my, my doctor loves me. Don't pay your bill. See how much he loves me. <laughs> my butcher, my baker, my candlestick maker. Oh, God. <clears throat> and that's why this past Sunday, and I know we're having the youth this week and the kids, and we're going to see them, and I appreciate all of you being here, and we're going to clap and enjoy them Sunday morning, Sunday night, and we're going to have a great time of just encouraging them back to school. But they've got to stay full of the love of God. We all have to stay full of the love of God. Is this an hour in which we can get to feeling like, I don't know if God loves me. I don't know if, I don't know if anybody cares. Or I can say, you know what? The one that has died for me love me enough. If no one else loves me, I do know who loves me. He loves me. For he spared not his own son. How freely it is that I could, ought to be able to love him and thank him. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Good to have all of you here. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for all that you've done for us. What a blessed church we are. What a blessed group of people we are. I realize in this hour <clears throat> there are numerous attempts to distract us with what's going on in our lives and physically and mentally and emotionally and to make us forget how thankful we should be that one day you died on Calvary. Every day we ought to be able to get up the first thing in the morning and thank you, Lord, for giving your life for us on Calvary. What a privilege it is to have had your spirit. What a privilege it is to have felt the moving of the Holy Ghost and to feel, to have a group of individuals that love you and to be a part of a great church, to be a part of a great body of people that love God. What a privilege it is, Lord, to be part of the body of Christ. I pray you will bless each one that's here tonight. Bless us, keep your hand on us, use us, help us, Lord, in this hour to show the love of God to stay full of the love of God so that we can show the world around us the love of God. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.